Larry, your background looks like a fake one, but I know that it's not. There's no <laughs> fake news. I'm just evaluating the sources. I'm really thinking it through. <laughs> we, we need a fact checker. And welcome to another episode of the TCAP Slew podcast. My name is Larry Burden, and she's hoping the next version of the Kindle features that new book smell. It's Steffi Light. <laughs> and also joining us to add comic relief is Danielle Brostrom. <laughs> Before cutting into this week's meat of the show, let's spend some time researching our moment of Zen. Any fool can know the point is to understand. And with that being said, those, those, those wise words from Albert Einstein, maybe you've heard of him. We'll jump into our pod topic today, the meat of the show. Um, I threw it in as virtual reading resources. But before we actually jump into it, I wanted to, wanted to start with maybe the, the, the question why we would need these virtual reading resources, which is what are some of the challenges that our educators are, are facing in this virtual environment in regards to literacy? One of the big focuses uh, in general, is getting access to the print books, right? If we're virtual, we're not together. And kiddos aren't having the um, the contact with the coming into the library as well as what's in their classroom libraries. So I would say that access is always something that we're working on because ebooks, audiobooks, um, alternate formats to print are sometimes what kids need and even if we're in person, right? Like all the different ways that kids access materials and the ways that they connect with um, information. We want to have those options available all the time. But with the, um, the shift to virtual, the access piece becomes a little bit more, I would say, tricky just because we're not together. And obviously kids, um, especially our, our youngest having access to different forms and I would say especially print is really important and so we we as educators and library folks are working on what's the best way to make sure we still have access to what we need and during this period that's a you know a, a shorter shutdown we were able to and and we had more preparation than we did in the spring so classroom teachers have been able to get things ready and send them home. But that ongoing access piece is something that um, schools and families across the country are struggling with, how best to be able to maintain the connection to the resources. Our folks from the LMCs are used to having that direct contact with um, the individuals they're trying to support, be it the students or the teachers. How does that interaction happen virtually? What what, what are some of the, um, the tools that are our media folks are using to maintain that connection with their, with the staff. The people connection part, I think is what you're asking about, not as much of the resources, but the, for the elementaries in particular, um, our students will have time in each of the schools that they will have a connection to their LMP and have an opportunity to hear um, a read aloud, have some time to talk about other library, um, programming and give some, you know, connections to resources or some intros to where they can find things that they're looking for or um, resource pieces. So yes, like the same way, you know, they're going to be in on those Google meets. And in terms of staff connections, a lot of our library folks are able to jump in and assist with 
finding that piece of uh, curriculum or um, independent reading resource that would connect to what they're working on. So they're connecting with staff in the same way we kind of all are, but uh, being the the source to help find what classroom teachers are looking for or need and what individual students need. And it might be that connection to the type of um, independent reading book that a kiddo is looking for. Like, okay, can we get this to you in print or can we connect you with an e-resource on this? You know, the communication focus has shifted a little bit, but the, you know, it's still the same ways that we're all communicating. And we're just accessing resources a little bit differently. I would imagine that the level of comfort that uh, our LMPs have right now is with, with the new environment is considerably different than it was before. Um, so mm-hmm. a lot of those hurdles are just kind of not the same type of hurdles that they were previously. So And, that, and sorry to interrupt you, but not just LMPs, I would say um, like just students being more comfortable with the format, right? Like the students are more able to navigate in a Google Meet. And as our students are getting familiar with Brightspace, like it's all becoming, they're just more familiar with it. And they also are able to advocate for what they need. Like they know it's okay to ask a question or how to get the help that they need. Or there's so many um, individual office hours that kids can connect to. Everybody seems just to be able to leverage the, the format really successfully for what they need. Um, sh- I was just thinking about how important that people connection is. You know, Steffi, you mentioned that that is a big part of that LMP role. And I, I was thinking about yesterday when I picked my own children up from school and we were walking to the car and they they saw their LMP from like across the way and they were like, hi, and waving. And she came towards us and she, you know, yelled to my oldest, do you have your extra book? I, I sent you with that extra book. Are you... Make sure we're, when we come back, we can talk about this. Like, it was just that, that instant connection piece. She sent her with extra books because she knew that she would need them. And I, I, I just, I appreciate the village that's always there to support my reader. Absolutely. And, and, you know, that's, what's so exciting is um, when, when there is that connection and you know, those readers and teachers, are, you know, teachers, LMPs, uh, library staff, whoever, but being able to find that right fit book, right? And like knowing that your daughter was going to need some extra reading material, if not lots more than probably she already, <laughs> she, no, she burns through those books. So I just think it's um, knowing the kiddos and knowing their interests and knowing what they might, you know, to help them grow as readers is such a crucial piece in the library. Can I just, you know, take a break here and have a, a little uh, education acronym moment? LMP is? Library Media Paraprofessional. There we go. There we go. Yes. It almost sounds like some kind of weapon that would be in a Marvel yeah, movie. There you go. <laughs> it is, <laughs> it's uh, it's the, uh, the superpower of reading. <laughs> that is a superpower for sure. So what are some of the resources that uh, supercharge that superpower um, that our, stu- our teachers are are using right now for, or could be using? Well, I first wanted to make a plug for the connection that we have with Tattle, that our students can access Tattle's e-resources using their TCAPS credentials. And um, if students and families haven't yet set up that, or haven't gone into the Tattle um, site to do that, there is on the elementary 
virtual library page, there's a tutorial that walks them through how to do that because uh, information was sent by email in the spring from TCAPS with chattel information. Um, so just wanna direct parents on each school's website. If you look under the parent and student tab, there's an LMC tab that has a tutorial for how to do that. And then students have access, I'm talking specifically for elementary students because in the TCAPS digital library, we don't have books that are specific for elementary. We have uh, middle school and high school books, but in the Tattle um, e-library, there is a number there. They have a full um, e-book library. So I just, I just wanna make sure people are aware of that because there's a wealth of, they can do ebooks, they can do audiobooks, all without stopping in even. And specifically, yeah. I, I want to mention um, within the title system, um, Overdrive is phenomenal, really, really easy to search for books and specific genres and just bring them right to your device. Um, Hoopla is fantastic for picture books, um, great for graphic novels, great for music. And then um, Tumble Books is a new one that I hadn't seen on there before. That is amazing for emerging readers. And these are uh, all on the Tattle website? Uh, yeah. I should say yes instead of just nodding. This is a podcast, Danielle. Yes, Larry. Those are on the Tattle website. Um, and it is, it's very user-friendly. And it's, it, there is so much there. So it's excellent. So I also wanted to share, and I know we've talked briefly about it before, but um, Live from the Opera House, the story time, it's story time. The read-alouds that are partnered up with uh, community members and some celebrities who are reading books and then sharing a STEM-based activity. And those can be found, um, Larry, on TCAPS 24-7. Is that right? TCAPS Correct. There's also within MEL, uh, the Michigan e-library, um, they have organized some virtual book bags that are great for teachers to be aware of. They are also on the third tab of the Chromebook for our elementary kiddos. Um, and that makes a lot more sense to the kids than it does to like probably someone listening, but that is a site that comes up automatically for the elementary students on their Chromebooks. But what Mel has done is they've organized um, for early elementary students books around social studies and science topics and their live links that go right to the book. So great resources for teachers if they want to use those in conjunction with what they're doing in curriculum or in their curriculum. But um, it's a really easy format on there. So I would highly recommend checking that out. This week right now is International Education Week. And there's a excellent, and I'll put, we can put this in the show notes, but there's a great link to um, some fabulous books that are focused around international ed and um, kind of some global diversity issues. Great, really well done, really well produced professional read alouds. And there's so many out there that are like that. There's just a wealth of, um, you know, lots of authors reading their own works. Um, we talked about this in the spring, but the author Kate Mesner put together her resource list of all the authors, especially in Kids Lit, who are doing any kind of activities or read-alouds or any connection. And it's, you know, actually, it's not just Kids kids Lit. It probably goes up into YA as well. Her, her I think it's Read White, Write Wonder, but again, we can link that in the notes. Um, just 
so many uh, people in the KidLit community have stepped up during virtual learning to really share resources and connect kids, connect kids with books and with liter- literacy-based activities. There's just some amazing stuff out there. And there are so many super creative people out there. Um, I don't know if anyone watched the Mo Willems <laughs> the, on the night of the election, but he did it like a draw activity for everybody to just have some centering time away from the news. But as you can imagine, you know, the, the kid-lit community, they're creative, they care about kids, they care about literacy, and they care about connecting, um, getting kids excited about reading. So it's nice to see all those resources. You know, Steffi, you mentioned MEL.org. Um, I even think, in, in addition to those uh, the cur- the curated, curated resources, I even think their um, MEL.org slash kids is mm-hmm. phenomenal because they can go straight to the databases and they can look for information on PebbleGo and learn about dolphins or they can go on Britannica School Elementary and learn about wolves. Like it's not always reading books. Sometimes it's reading that that nonfiction and learning that excites kids. And just like you talked about earlier, the reading in different ways. There's so much available on there for kids. Absolutely. And it's kind of like, I don't know if anyone else did this, but I used to read like you'd pull a random volume of the encyclopedia and just like read about whatever it was, you know, whatever page you were on. And I mean, it's the same idea. You can just browse through, like you're saying, in in any of those online formats and like the coolest stuff. And, and it's very formatted for kids, right? Like there's going to be a lot of information on animals because how fun and how interesting. And I know we've talked about Mel a lot, but there's so much there and there's always more being added. It's It's an amazing resource. I think we could we could plug it many many times over. It does seem to me that that is just a completely not completely missed, but a largely missed resource for our not just our staff, but even more so our parents um, mm-hmm. and, and students, especially at the younger younger ages. Not just younger ages, but just overall. I think that's something that should be an early tool put in the toolbox, and then just continued to go right. back to as you said we can't mention it enough because safe searches safe place to search for information it, you're not just googling it but it's going to be appropriate it's but going it's to be, be at or near their level and it almost always has a speaker so if kids can't read it themselves they can click the speaker and have it read to them so there's that comprehension practice it's a unique resource that our state has like this is not something that is common all over the country like we're really fortunate to have this. So use so, it. Yeah, definitely. Drive up those numbers. I'm thinking a weekly plug, a weekly mail.org plug on the, Mel on again. the loop. Mel again. I like it. There's one source that I've really been thinking was interesting to, um, it's put out by the Deaf Hearing Communication Center, but it's ca- lots of picture books, especially mostly picture books that are really well known, like the snowy day. And it's being read as somebody does ASL with it, so American Sign Language, um, which I found really interesting to watch because I've, I always find it fascinating when, like, the governor's speaking and someone's providing signing. Um, and and being able to see a book that you might be familiar with broken down in the signs, it was, I just, I don't know, I found that really interesting, and I think our kiddos could enjoy seeing, you know, they're, so they're, if they're hearing, then they are hearing it, but um, seeing it visually through sign language, I think is just another interesting part of the process. 
So I'm, I'm jotting down all the things we need to put in the notes. That's amazing. Thank you. There's so much out there. And I hope that teachers and families and students feel comfortable saying, hey, this is something that I need or something that I'm looking for, or I don't even know what I need, or I don't even know what I'm looking for. But just make sure to, um, teachers in particular, make sure to reach out to the library because in most situations, I think we can connect you with resources that could be helpful and not just, you know, there's there's a lot of resources that we think, okay, everybody knows that they can go into the resource, go into the um, TCAPS catalog and find books, but not all, everybody knows that they can do that. So just, um, I don't know, reach out and say, hey, here's something that I'm wondering about. Here's something that would help. Um, we really love to connect uh learners, teachers, staff, families with resources and access. And don't hesitate to to just say, hey, what about this? Is something like this out there? Because that's that's what we want to do. <laughs> we love that part. I was just thinking about this before we came on the pod, and I was actually going to tweet it um, because it's something that I'm struggling with right now. And uh, you guys are maybe in the same boat as support staff. I mean, we're all here to support our educators that are doing the work with our children. And I think one of the things that I'm struggling with is that fine line between I want them to use me as a support, but I also recognize that they're oftentimes overwhelmed. And how much is how much should I be offering them and how much of, of that is actually... I guess, getting in the way or overwhelming them? That is a big question. And I think in the spring, there was a literal dump of resources all the time. Like, I think it was a tsunami of like, okay, here's another amazing this and another amazing this, and it's free right now, but it might not be free in the future. And um, you can maybe use it or you can't or blah, blah, blah. Um, So Larry, I think from my perspective, we don't we don't want to add to the plate, but like if you bring in your library staff early on and say, here's something that I want to do, then the resources can be targeted to a specific um, instead of like, here's a thousand different things you might want to try. So you're doing a project on animals. Have you looked at this resource on Mel, like targeted, you know, so the, that comes back to that communication piece and. I know bringing in other like cooks into the kitchen can be hard, but the more there can be um, co-planning is really helpful because like we've talked about, we don't want to have standalone things. We want to have things that are integrated into what's happening already. Um, But I think, and I'm jumping topics a little bit, but I see the increased need for all levels of kids. I think we've, we've definitely talked about this many times, but the importance of being able to evaluate resources, right? And media literacy and information literacy. So if there's a lesson that a teacher's thinking about doing and they say, hey, library person, can you, do you have any connections or any ideas to share? Like, then it's not a, here's a thousand ways you could address this topic or make this point or hit this standard. Here's two or three things that are a great fit for what you're doing. And same with um, instructional tech and um, and Larry, I'm sure you get the same questions too, like how to best share something out in a professional looking way. Like the more we can be involved in the 
the planning stage, we can help target the resources. And we want to do that. We want to help and we want to be able to fill a need and make something easier or more um, user-friendly anywhere we can. I think at this point, people are really reaching out when they need help, which is great to see. You know, if, like you said, people are seeking out their librarians when they want assistance with reading. They're seeking out their ed tech people when they want assistance. They're on Twitter when they're looking for a new idea or they're listening to this podcast because they're ready for a new idea. I think um, they've got their people, they've got their curated paths and just continuing to put out information in those ways are appropriate right now. And, and hearing from, you know, someone that's on Twitter and they're seeing something that's happening in another district like just saying, this is something we might, maybe we don't have, or we don't have access to right now, but can we get it? Or can we fill that? How can we help with what you're thinking about? Like where you're trying to go? How can we help you be there, get there? I do think people do reach out, but I think sometimes everybody gets so busy that it's, you know, it's easier to forge on your own. You know, I think it, it can make things a lot easier. We can really help connect early on and, and there's just so much out there. So let us sort through it. The tsunami of information. So my, my last question is, and this is probably the most important, uh, when you have an animal, uh, a pet of some sort in your house, and they get all nervous because of the disembodied voices that are coming from the <laughs> <laughs> from the, from the Google Meet or Zoom call, what is your what, what kind of tactics do you guys have that you can share with the teachers really to calm them down? <laughs> well, that's interesting coming from someone who just picked up a prescription for Prozac for one of her dogs. So I'll let you know how that goes. <laughs> All right. Danielle, do you have anything to add as far as that's concerned? No, mine is actually much calmer now that my kids are home virtual learning. Yep. Everyone's where they're supposed to be. I can watch everyone. It's all good. Yep. yep. Snuggles are available. Yep. As far as back to back to our topic, anything else, Steffi or Danielle? I don't know. I'm curious to see if I hit Danielle's. Did you steal my tech tool of the week? Is that what you're going to ask? <laughs> yes. Did I steal your tech tool of the week? This would be great. Okay. Tech tool of the week. Tech tool of the week. The elementary, I'm sorry, the TCAPS Elementary Libraries page on Facebook shares some really great things <laughs> if you don't know. And just the other day, they shared something called Michigan Storytime. And it is U of M alumni that are sharing themselves reading their books and it's pretty adorable and fantastic so i think that you should check that out and go to the tcaps elementary library's facebook page while you're at it because there's a lot of great resources being shared there by that team excellent awesome awesome i did Mario. a u of m plug and a tech tool of the week stuffy i'm sorry i'm That's really excited about this fabulous i did get some pushback from our spartan lmps about that share out but you know books transcend your college loyalties so we're good another opportunity to show that we can all get along despite, right? despite our differences yeah that's what i thought books bring people together yeah yes yes they do empathy it's an amazing thing Tutorials and updates, again, another plug for the TCAPS tech help site. Uh, tons of support uh, for staff and students. Um, TCAPS247.com, we already had plugged that. Again, student and parent support. Um, specifically for this pod, uh, Colby Sharp had a really cool video on why picture books are great. Uh, definitely uh, support checking that one out. And I also ran across another tweet that I wanted to share because I was like, this is great. Great tweet. It's from uh, at Mrs. A. Gilliam. Um, and it said, uh, recently I changed my wording from 
what questions do you have to what questions do you think someone struggling to understand might have in her classroom? It's been a game changer. The student struggling doesn't have to be the one asking their question, and it's usually covered. So I thought that was a, a, a great empathetic way to to ask a question and elicit responses without making um, the, the student that might have the question and might be embarrassed to ask them get the answer that they, they need. So I like that. Very cool. Um, in closing, follow us on Facebook and Twitter at TCAPS Loop. At Brostrom DA. At Steffi Light. Yeah. Subscribe to the podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Downcast, Overcast, the Google Play Store, Spotify. I'm trying to make up one and I couldn't come up with anything. Or wherever <laughs> else you get your ear candy. Like the podcast, leave a review on iTunes. It really does help get the pod out there. Uh, and into people's uh, views through the aggregators and all those wonderful things that we love to talk about in previous episodes. (laughs) And we also love hearing from you. Thanks for listening and inspiring. She likes us. She really likes us. (laughs) 